Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Kip. Today we're going to be diving into a text that I know that I've never preached on before. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm sure it has to do something with God not leading me to it. Because that's a great reason. If He has not led me here, I don't want to preach from it. Because His timing is always perfect. And so, I'm excited to see what God has for us today through this text. And, and so if you have your Bibles with you this morning, please go with me to the book of James. Now, when I say James, don't cringe because we know that James can be a little strong, but this is a good message. And even though it will go right down your street, just like it did mine, it has the grace to change your life forever if we are doers of the word and not just hearers only. So James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. I'll give you just a second. James 3, 13 through 18. James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, and peacemakers who sow in peace, they reap a harvest of righteousness. And so let us pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you, God, that you are the way maker. We know that wisdom comes from heaven. And without you, God, we can do nothing. But with you, God, we can do all things. I pray today that this word would fall fresh on the hearts of your people and that we will be doers of your word and not just hearers. We love you now and we praise you and we thank you for the outcome in the name of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. And so let's, let's begin this morning with the title of our lesson, which is, Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, just ask yourself this morning, do I consider myself very wise and do I have understanding? Now, before you say anything to yourself, you might want to be quick to listen and slow to speak before you actually give that answer. Because I'm sure that this message will prove you wrong. Now, as we all know today that we do live in a world that is full of all kinds of wisdom and knowledge. But let me just say this according to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 and 25. He says that the foolishness of God, which there is none, is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God, which there is none, is stronger than man's strength. In fact, in our world, there's some who say that this is the wisest generation ever since the creation of all mankind. But personally, I'm not quite sure about that opinion at all, simply because through our generations, we are the ones who have simply 
remove God and His Word from just about everything we have, like our schools, our workplaces, and even the courthouses. And so when you remove God and His Word from any situation, you have basically just removed any hope of having any kind of true wisdom and knowledge. Can I get an amen? And, 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 and so we, we also are the generation that is ashamed of God and His Word. For example, many times you will read a, a post on your Facebook page that you are totally in agreement with, but because you, you are afraid of what someone may think of you, you don't give them the thumbs up that they deserve. But instead, you, you simply pretend you never saw it at all. Or, or maybe we don't post what is really being laid upon a heart by God because of that same type of fear of being rejected by man. Paul tells us in Galatians 1 and 10, and this is wisdom. He said, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Jesus says in Luke 9 and 26, If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But we are a wise generation, are we not? But let me begin this morning by showing you how foolish mankind can actually be. Something that is taken from the Old Testament. In fact, when you hear it, this will probably be quite amusing to you because it's very funny to say the least. And so I'm going to basically paraphrase part of it because it's quite lengthy. But, but, but this is a word spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And he, he begins by talking about certain men who have actually planted trees like the oak or the poplar or even the pine trees. But then later in their life, they go back to those same trees that they have planted with their hands and they cut them down with their hands and with the very wood from that tree, this is what they actually do with it. He says in Isaiah 44, 15 through 19, the Bible said it is used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles the fire and bakes bread, but he also fashions a God. And worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire. Over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, Ah, oh, I am warm. I see the fire. And from the rest he makes a god. His idol. He bows down to it. And in worship he prays to it and says, Save me. You are my god. And so God says they know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see. Their minds closed so they cannot understand. Verse 19, no one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say, half of it I use for fuel. I even baked bread over the coals. I roasted my meat and I ate it. Shall I? Make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? I like the words of Jonah. Chapter 2, verse 8. He said, Those who cling to worthless idols, they forfeit the grace 
that could be theirs. Habakkuk tells us, the prophet, 2, 19 and 20. He says, Woe to him who says to wood, Come to life, or to lifeless stone wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with silver and gold. There's no breath in it. All but the Lord is in his holy temple. So let all the earth be silent before him. Now, I know you're thinking to yourself, Oh, preacher, I would never do something so foolish as that. And that's exactly what I was thinking. While at the same time, as we're listening to this message, and even before we began to listen to this message this morning, you were holding in your hand a little device made by the hands of other men, a little device made of nothing more than plastic, metal and wire, approximately two to four inches, depending on what you have chosen to serve. And we gladly serve it, not just a little, but several hours a day. In fact, we probably spend three or four times as much on it than we do with the God who created us, the one who actually formed us from the dust of the earth. <clears throat> and, even, and even if you today only spend about two and a half hours on it a day, what that simply means, that, that means you have spent around 35 days a year on it. Hallelujah. But God tells us, Deuteronomy 32 and 6, the words of Moses said, Is this the way you repay the Lord? Oh, foolish and unwise people. Is he not your father, your creator who made you and formed you? God tells us in his law, Exodus 23, Thou shall have no other gods before me. Now, I'm sure it's getting pretty quiet over there where you are right now this morning. But that's okay. Because we all need to hear this, including me. But you see, here's what we need to understand is that an instrument that is designed and you're using it for its purpose, it's not a sin if you're using it for that purpose. Like listening to the Word of God, watching preachers, sending positive, encouraging messages to one another. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Because that would be like using wood to, to build a fire, to warm yourself in a fireplace. Or, or to build you a new house. That, that's what the wood was created for. But then, if, if we take it and, and it replaces God, the God you supposedly are serving, then my friends, you have a serious problem. If you're spending more time with that than you are with God, then you are sinning. The Bible tells us in Exodus 34 and 14, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Oh, but I'm asking you this morning, who is wise and understanding among us? And so Paul, he, he goes on to say in our text, Let him show it by his good life, and by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. Now as you know, there, there are many individuals who actually do a lot of good things in our world. And they also live a very wholesome life. But does that make them wise? I'm not sure. I, th I think it only makes them good people. But the truth is, there, because there's a lot of good people right now who are burning in hell. Because good, it doesn't cut it. 
in the eyes of God. Because what, what sets them apart from the man and woman of God is simply that their deeds are not done in humility. In fact, many good deeds that are simply done in our world today are done to be seen by others. Because the truth is, is that men and women love to be recognized by others for what they have done. You know, Jesus, He tells us in Matthew 6, verse 1 through 4, He says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honored by men, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Verse 3, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He also tells us in verse 5 and 8 of that same chapter 6, He says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received the rewards in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, <clears throat> in my Christian rock band called Stain Red, we have this new song that we've been doing. It's called Left Hand Knowing. And it's all about what Jesus is teaching us here. In fact, it's a blues tune, and the chorus goes like this. Don't let your left hand knowing what your right hand's doing. Let your giving be unto the Lord. And if your heart is driven by the way the world is living, then let humility take hold of your heart. Yeah. And so Paul is saying that good deeds that are done in humility, they come from wisdom. And so if you are doing what you are doing to actually be seen by others, then my friend, you are acting foolish. And you have already received your reward in full by the praises of others. I like the words of John in the, the epistle of 2 John 1 and 8. He says, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but, but that you may be rewarded <clears throat> fully. Because everything we do here on this earth will eventually be tested by the fire of God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15. His work will be shown for what it is. Because today will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer a loss. He himself will be saved. But only as one escaping through the flames. Oh, but our text says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, 
Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. And so basically, when we see others doing good for the kingdom of God, how do we actually feel toward those individuals? Are we excited about what they're doing? Do we build them up? Do we encourage them? Or do we simply try to tear them down? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but people do that. And a good example of this happened to me. I remember many years ago, right after I was just saved back in 97, I I was leading a few people to the Lord. Not a whole lot, but a few. And I was so on fire for God, and I was in His Word night and day. But then, a certain individual from my church, a man who I totally looked up to, he came to me, was supposedly with a word from God. In fact, he told me. He said, this is from God. But let me quickly say this. Not everybody has a word from God for you. Just because they say they have a word from God, that doesn't mean it's from God. And so be sure to test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God. Because you see, not everybody who says they're from God are from God. So if they're not from God, how could they have a word from God for you? And so when this man brought me this word, I couldn't wait to actually find out what God had to say to me. Oh, but then when I finally found the text, it took me a while to find it. I was new to the Bible. Oh, but when I read it, I felt my heart just drop out of my chest. I was totally crushed in my spirit to the point that I struggled with it for many, many weeks, maybe even months, wondering what I had done so wrong to God. But now... After all these years looking back with hindsight, I truly believe that he did have a word from the Lord. But that word was not for me at all, but actually for himself. Because the word he gave me actually did what God was telling him not to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, this is what he gave me. Do not quench the Spirit's fire. So actually, how could a young Christian quench the Spirit's fire by winning souls into the kingdom of God? How could you quench the fire of God by loving and seeking out God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? You could not. And so the very individual who I thought was for me was just actually envious of what God was doing through my life. Her text tells us such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual of the devil. Now, Jesus tells us that you shall know them by their fruits. We know that verse, right? And so let's let's quickly look at the fruit of wisdom and understanding to see what it actually looks like. And I'm also going to share with you a, a verse per attribute. So you'll have a, a verse to, to look into. Verse 17 of our text says, But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, it's peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And so number one would be the word pure. 
Jesus tells us, Matthew 5 and 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Number two on our list is peace-loving. Romans 12, 17 and 18. Paul says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Number three, considerate. Paul tells us in Titus 3, 1 and 2, Remind the people to be subject to their rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable, considerate, and always be gentle toward everyone. Number four, submissive. We know this verse, James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Number five, be full of mercy. Jesus says once again in Matthew 5 and 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Number six, good fruit. I like what John says in Matthew 3 and 10. He said the axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now the word impartial it's only found once in, in the NIV version. But here's a verse that, that speaks of impartial, but it's not actually in the text, but it's what it's talking about. Colossians 4 and 1. When it says masters, it could be talking to a boss. Boss or masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. And number eight, the last one is sincere. Peter says now, 1 Peter 1 and 22 now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. And so today, if these fruits are found on your tree, that's good. And we know that we have wisdom understanding from God. But if we don't, then understand that God today is just trying to prune you so that you can bear fruit good fruit for the kingdom of God. You guys walk in peace. I love you and may God bless your soul. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.